It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on this edition of Locked On Wizards, hear Rui Hachimura and head coach Scott Brooks' takeaways from the three scrimmages and practices for the Wizards, Bradley Beal's message to Troy Brown Jr., and COVID-101. In light of the number of positive cases around Major League Baseball, hear one doctor share the protocols and communication that have been shared around the NBA. Catch all that and more on this edition of Locked On Wizards. Hi, welcome to another edition of Locked on Wizards. I'm your host, Renee Washington, and of course, we've got plenty to get into today. Now, in the Tuesday edition of the show, I shared my takeaways from the team, what we've seen from their progression from this first practice through their three scrimmages, and how I think they can continue to improve as they prepare for the start of their official game Friday night. Now, after practice Wednesday, head coach Scott Brooks and Rui Hachimura joined the rest of the press to share their takeaways and what they've been seeing from the team. Head coach Scott Brooks did say that he learned that it's a very competitive group. They play together very well, especially as young players, and that they can play up-tempo and play fast and execute without a lot of turnovers. Ish Smith, of course, being one of the quicker, more explosive players, not only on the floor, but having that explosiveness that we see from some of the fastest players across the league, they're hoping to be able to bring that to the floor every time with that energy and playing up-tempo. As a team, they want to continue to play that way. And so Coach Brooks is really impressed with what he's been seeing from the first three games so far. He feels that the Wizards are a team that can definitely score. He thought they would struggle more offensively. Now, I know for some people, they're wondering, more? I thought they struggled enough. I mean, if you look across the games and, and seeing how they were shooting less than 40% from, the f- from beyond the three and from the field in their games, it is a, a question mark there. But I think in the sense of struggling more offensively, he means in, in the way that players have stepped up. And although they missed a number of shots, they're still going to continue to work on getting that rhythm back. And that's going to take time. But offensively, we definitely did see the Wizards improve from beginning of the first scrimmage against the Nuggets to their final scrimmage against the Lakers, which ironically was their best offensive game of the three. For Brooks, he did also say, quote, this is a great opportunity for our team. You're in a situation that's going to be tough on you and our team, and it's a great opportunity for us to put intensity on each game. With each game being meaningful, that's the that's exactly it. There's, as I've talked about before, no room for error. So having this be a high-stakes, high-pressure situation for the Wizards in the sense that they know if they don't come in and perform for each of these eight games, that they're not going to have a chance to continue their season. So it's pressure in one end, even though there's no pressure on the other side because some have already written them off. And as a team that was already struggling with Bradley Beal, with DB, without those two major pieces, a lot have said that their chances of making the playoffs is a very very impossible and nearly out of reach. Anything is possible. They're there in Orlando. Anything is possible. The pressure is just knowing that for these young players, they have to be focused and prepared each game. So it's going to be very interesting to see how they perform under that pressure, knowing that they have to show up. You can't afford to come in and have a bad game like we saw them 
especially in the beginning parts of the Lakers game with turnovers and fouls, they have to be on the same page. They have to be ready to go each and every day. I remember years back, the U.S. women's national team in soccer had this concept of pressure makes us, and I'm interested to see how that translates for the Wizards in this situation where there is pressure on them just to know that they have to be ready to perform each and every day, how that is going to affect them and how they're going to step up to that challenge. And and as underdogs, they're not really thinking of themselves as underdogs, but they are underdogs. They are overlooked. So coming into the situation, how do you respond to make sure that you're bringing that level each and every day? And, you know, knowing that they're not in the playoffs, but each game is a fight. They know what they have to do. They know that they have to come in here and and find ways to win games. And so for Rui Hachimura, he's been a big part of of helping this team turn a corner and and being at the forefront offensively and defensively, actually, to be the most consistent player for them and stepping up to lead them. And for Scott Brooks, he was saying that Rui has three areas that he feels like he really needs to improve. And I'm curious to know if you agree with this or not. One, his three-point shooting. We see him very hesitant at times, um, pump faking or dribbling instead of just being set, ready to shoot. Uh, Also being more comfortable shooting from distance, but being more comfortable to put the ball on the floor. So having that balance, knowing when it's right to just catch and shoot or when he should put the ball on the floor, get to the basket. He's very comfortable with the two dribble pull up, as Coach Brooks says, but taking that third dribble, welcoming that contact, getting to the basket and attacking the rim with a little bit more aggression. I know that's something that Rui has mentioned. He's working on his aggressiveness offensively, attacking the rim more aggressively and confidently and not always pulling up for a short jumper, but instead going in and and being ready for the contact as he finishes at the rim. And then, of course, the third part, being able to pass and, and connect with the target. So passing to a target when he does put the ball on the floor to be quicker at driving and, and kicking it out to a teammate so they can be ready to catch and shoot. And those three areas, offensively, I think, will definitely go a long way for him. We see him at times a little hesitant, unsure of himself. Um, and then the moments where he really just is playing in rhythm without thinking, that's when you see those glimpses of just how great he can be. He still is only in his first year, although he mentioned it doesn't feel like it's still his first year. It feels like he's in his second year. But he is still just a rookie and learning a lot on the fly, which is going to go a long way for not only him but for his teammates as well. As a whole, this team has to continue to improve on some, some areas. I know I mentioned it yesterday. Coach Brooks talked about it today. Their ball movement, they've got to be quicker at getting to good spots on the floor. But it's something that they've been doing well at so far, but you can always improve. Their talking will continue to get better. With youth, you don't really have the voice. You don't really have the leadership. Shabazz Napier is one that has been stepping up as a leader for the Wizards. They don't really have that leadership of someone that's been in these situations been down the stretch in the game and knowing what to do or down the stretch later parts of the season as you're trying to make a push for the playoffs that's been in this situation in the NBA. So their talking has to be even better to make sure they're on the same page, to make sure that they are, you know, their rotations, their movements as they're swinging the ball, that they're seeing, even the players on the bench, everyone has to be talking more. Of course, now with no fans, it should only help having no fans for things to be quieter for them to hear each other, but they've got to make sure that they're vocally talking themselves through the game on and off the floor to be on the same page. Defensively, we know that's an area that we have discussed. They're fouling. The fouling has to be better. Coach Brooks was talking about that. He feels like players like Mo Wagner, for instance, get too overzealous and aggressive at times. And I definitely agree with his points on that. It's a youth thing. These players are so antsy, so anxious that it's, you know, sometimes you overcommit 
and you're over aggressive and how you're defending, closing out a little too quickly and really not being as mature to know when and where to foul, especially around the perimeter and around midcourt. Those are just unnecessary fouls. You know, if you're picking up fouls because you're knocking someone as they're driving to the basket, that's one thing. But if when you're just picking up fouls, these ticky-tack fouls that are unnecessary, that is just, it's a young mistake. And it's something that they have to continue to work on. So for this young Wizards team, they have to find a way to make sure they're playing all on the same page, playing smart, especially defensively, not picking up fouls. The last thing you want to do is have players on the bench or having to, to change the way that they're playing because they're constantly in foul trouble. And so looking at Rui Hachimura specifically, after a few weeks of training and the three scrimmages, you know, he felt like he learned a lot about this young team as well. And that in every day in practice, he sees them trusting each other more, playing more confidently. And that's the biggest part of all this. You know, when we talk about how this, this restart is going to benefit the Wizards, it's more than just their potential opportunity to reach the playoffs. It's more than just trying to force a play-in game. It's a young team that's really learning on the fly and growing through this restart. So that's the biggest thing I know I keep reiterating is the fact that it's, it's bigger than just the NBA restart. There's a long-term bigger picture here for the team that they should be realizing is at stake here. You know, they should be realizing that there's so much growth and so much more they can continue to do. So even though they lost all three scrimmages, Rui felt like they played very well. He felt like especially the Clippers game was very good. I think that to me was the brightest of the three, the, big, the most impressive game of the three that I saw from the Wizards. And for Rui specifically, just understanding that although offensively he's also trying to be more aggressive, defensively he feels like he can just bring the versatility, defending multiple positions, using his body, playing stronger. And as a young team without three of their best players, they just have to continue to work to get better each day. You know, that's something that is so, so important for this team to realize their potential and also to realize how much they can continue to grow and continue to learn, you know, getting back in rhythm as Isak Bongo was talking about using their five on fives and practices and against other teams to get that rhythm down and to adjust to this new normal that they're in, in the bubble. There's definitely a lot of bright moments that we've been seeing from the wizards. And I think that, you know, if you're so focused on just the NBA restart, you're missing the bigger picture. Yes. There, everybody is down there to win as many games, make it to the playoffs to extend their season and make a playoff run and fight for a championship. Yes. The wizards are a part of that. They are also still in it. If they were not, they would not be in the bubble. They still have a chance, just like everyone else, especially being five and a half games back behind the Magic and the Nets, not really sure how they're going to play. If some, game, if some teams lose some games, things can easily change around. And let's say the Wizards are able to make a run and they could see themselves in the playoffs. But also bigger picture, this team is, is playing for so much more than just a play-in game in a playoff spot right now, as this is a franchise that is looking to turn a corner. Coming up in segment two, Bradley Beal's message to Troy Brown Jr., plus Brown's future career beyond hoops, and the schedule. Stay tuned as we get into that and more coming up on Locked On Wizards. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Barea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Barea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. 
Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Barea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Troy Brown Jr. was unable to play in the second scrimmage versus the Clippers with a sprained thumb and was able to get back in time for the Lakers scrimmage on Monday. Now, prior to the game against the Clippers, Troy Brown Jr. did speak on a few different issues. One, he talked about his potential future career. If you haven't watched Ballin' in the Bubble, I definitely recommend it. It's very good. It's very entertaining. You get to see these players off the floor, their personality. It's just very light and fun and different. It's something that the NBA restart and all sports bubbles have allowed us to see as these players are – kind of like college students again, living in a hotel in this case, but similar to what dorm, lo- dorm style living was, excuse me, as they're all right there and now you're able to see them hanging out, playing games, eating, talking about their shoe game, whatever it may be. So Troy Brown Jr. has been doing a great job with his blog to be consistent, to be entertaining, and also to give us a great behind-the-scenes look at what's going on around the Wizards specifically as they're balling in the bubble so for the birthday boy who just turned 21 on tuesday he spoke about how he actually can see himself potentially having a career in broadcasting in some way and he had this to say about it i mean for me it's been i've been enjoying it a lot just because uh, me and you have had the conversation and i actually want to do something in that field uh, eventually whether it's sports broadcasting or even having something like the youtube to maybe like do podcasts or something you know just having an outlet and you know the youtube stuff kind of gives me some freedom to express my like visual artistic side of stuff and so um honestly it's not that hard to really come up with content i would just say more so of the fact that we're in the bubble and so it's uh very limited to do certain things but at the end of the day i've been enjoying it a lot and i'm really kind of taking it personally just more so so that i can really figure out how i feel about things but i'm enjoying it and the wizards have been doing a great job of helping me out with it and you know giving me ideas Troy Brown Jr. has said on several occasions that he has aspirations of potentially pursuing a career in broadcasting or in media in some way. And it's definitely obvious through not only what he's saying, but what he's showing in his vlog, Ballin' in the Bubble. I think he's articulate. He's very well-spoken. He brings good energy in the content. So who knows? We could be seeing Troy Brown Jr. as an analyst, as, you know, as a reporter, as we see a lot of players across sports that have continued to stay involved in the game in some way as a broadcaster or journalist. There is definitely potential there for him. Of course, he's just turned 21, very young in his career as a whole. But who knows? The future may be bright for his broadcasting career. So watch out for that. He did also talk about the message that Bradley Beal gave him prior to their scrimmage against the Nuggets. And I'm sure it was great for him to get that feedback from all NBA teammates. Yes, I said all NBA teammate Bradley Beal. I know we talked about yesterday whether or not Bradley Beal is an all NBA player. If his stats, if his talent and what he brings to the Wizards and to the NBA as a whole does not show you enough that he should be on one of those three all-NBA teams, ah, I don't know what to tell you. So he did have some words that he shared with his teammate Troy Brown Jr. prior to the game, and this is what Beal said. It wasn't more so any feedback after the game, but he texted me before the game just telling me to go out there and play loose, uh, be the leader that he knows I can be and stuff like that. And so um, that was – that was really nice of him to do that, uh, especially him being one of the 
main leaders on our team and being the guy that we, you know, look up to and having that role that he has. And so for him to do that, even though he's back home with his family and to know we have that support uh, from his side is huge. And so I appreciate him for that. I do think it's great to see how players that are not in Orlando are still supportive of their teammates. I know some have, have gotten on them a little bit for not being there, for opting out. Across all sports, athletes have had a choice, whether it was because of health reasons or family and personal reasons or social injustice, whatever it may be, players had the option not to go to their restart for their sports. And I respect that. I respect Bradley Beal. In my opinion, if you're, if you're dealing with a nagging injury like he is, and something that's going to take time to heal. What is the point of going down to Orlando and hurting it more, especially knowing how fast of a turnaround we have from this season to the next season? With this season starting this weekend or or Thursday with our first games and the championship games being played in October, with the new season as of now allegedly starting December, that's a very quick turnaround. It's not a lot of time for an offseason. It's not a lot of time to heal and recover. I know that Adam Silver, NBA commissioner Adam Silver, has spoken about the fact that that quick turnaround is very similar to what players experience if they play in any international games like the Olympics to have that quick turnaround to start the season. But it's just in this situation around COVID, we don't know how everybody has been impacted. And that's what I I keep going back to. From the outside looking in, you might easily be able to say it's selfish not to go or how dare you not go. You owe it to your teammates. But we don't know what each of these players that have opted out are really dealing with in their home lives and their families, who has dealt with some sort of trauma, loss, the death of a loved one, or someone that has been impacted even by the Black Lives Matter movement and civil rights and social injustice and how it's affected them. So to just sit back and say he should go when, you know, these players are, are people too and have a right to make that decision not to go, it's, it just shows a lot about the character of anybody that is speaking negatively against Bradley Beal opting out. But I really like the fact that he's still staying connected to his teammates. We see him very active on social media. As Troy Brown Jr. said, he's also actively reaching out to his players to share some, some words of encouragement and wisdom with them. That's all you can really ask for. You know, we don't know exactly how much he's involved and engaging with his teammates or DB or John Wall or any player that's opted out for that matter, how involved they are remotely. But at the end of the day, they still had a choice. They made it and we have to move forward. You know, the Wizards are are in Orlando. They're ready to go and they're going to see what happens. So, you know, starting on Friday, let me just say this. If you've got pen and paper or your phone or a calendar, I'm a big calendar person. Make sure you have these dates circled on your schedule to keep up with what the Wizards are doing, especially as we watch them playing these eight games. A lot of people are sleeping on the Wizards right now. And again, I'm not going to just jump and say, oh, yes, they're going to come down and make a run to the playoffs and win the first series and upset someone as a Cinderella team, although that's possible. Anything is possible. I am simply saying win or lose, I think we're going to see some great fight, growth, and progress from this Wizards team in these eight games. And it starts Friday. They play the Phoenix Suns, 4 p.m. Eastern time. All games are going to be able to be watched on NBC Sports in D.C., you can also follow them on social media, wherever you'd like to watch your sports content. They're not nationally televised, which says a lot in itself about the fact that the Wizards don't have a single nationally televised game. But that's a different discussion for another day. In fact, we already had that discussion on a previous edition of Locked on Wizards. But you can definitely keep up with what they are doing on and off the court between the flogs, between the games and practices. So July 31st, then they have back-to-back games August 2nd against the Nets. 2 p.m. Eastern time tip-off and August 3rd game versus the Pacers. 
for 4 p.m. Eastern time tip-off. So 26 hours between those games, give or take. And then August 5th, they take on Eastern Conference foe, the Philadelphia 76ers. They do actually have one game that is going to be on NBA TV, and that's the game versus the Sixers. So there you go. You can check that out too. August 7th, they play the New Orleans Pelicans. The 9th is against OKC. August 11th, Milwaukee. And then in their final regular season game, August 13th against the Boston Celtics. And that time is to be determined as of now. We're not exactly sure when that will be played, but it will be on August 13th. And looking at these teams, but looking at these games and the schedule that they have, those eight along with their three scrimmages against the, the Nuggets, the Clippers, and the Lakers, 11 opportunities to play against another opponent, 11 opportunities to grow, to learn, and to make sure that they're moving forward for the future. This NBA restart is for the future. That's like my motto for this. <laughs> opportunity, of course, for the future. I've always used opportunity. I feel like I say it a million times every edition. So we'll continue to follow the Wizards through the next two weeks to see what happens. A lot can change between now and them, then, but it's go time. It's time to sink or swim. See how they're going to do against these eight opponents, starting with the Suns on July 31st. See how much they can execute their game plan, learn, and the NBA as a whole tips off Thursday. The Wizards get started Friday. I don't know who else is excited. I cannot say how excited I am and put it into words. Like, words cannot explain it. The NBA is finally back. Games are finally back. Playoffs are around the corner. I mean, we are just a few weeks out from the NBA playoffs, although it's not the way we expected the NBA playoffs to shake out. But again, one of the biggest things I've always loved about this year is the fact that we don't know who can win the championship. There are a lot of teams that right now, or all season, and definitely right now, have been shaping up to look like an NBA championship caliber team. If you know me, you know who I'm rooting for. But we've got the Lakers, the Clippers, the, the Celtics, the Bucks, the Raptors, the Rockets, the Nuggets have been impressive. The Suns honestly had an impressive game to close out their exhibition games with a win over the Raptors. Um, led by Mikel Bridges, who's been playing phenomenal. Oh, my goodness, it's exciting. We are right there. We're finally getting back into the action. We'll have more discussion around breaking down the teams in the, in the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference. But coming up in segment three, we got to take a step back and talk COVID-101, especially in light of the increased number of positive cases around Major League Baseball. If you want to learn more around the protocols and communications around having sports safely return, we're going to talk about it right here on Locked On Wizards in our next segment. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. There's a lot to say when buying a new home or car, but really the first words you want to say are, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And trust me, as someone named Jake, that is a fact. That's the phrase that will help you feel good knowing that you have people who could help you find the right coverage for the things you want to protect. Insurance doesn't need to be complicated with a State Farm agent. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits you because your situation is unique. And State Farm is there to help you feel supported with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. And when you need ways to get help, don't yell or be angry because State Farm gives you options there too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com or their award-winning app. State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
COVID-19 101, meaning all you need to know about COVID-19. Now, we've been watching the increased number of positive cases around Major League Baseball. Many have asked if other sports and leagues, such as the NFL or MLB, or even college sports, should move to the bubble. That is something I had not thought about, but now that I really think about it in terms I'm talking about in terms of college sports, definitely thought about it around football and baseball. For college sports specifically, and we talked about this on our Tuesday edition of the show, I'm not really sure how that's possible. I'm not really sure if it's financially possible or if it's practical with the fact that college teams don't all play the same teams. And there are a lot of college teams at that. So how do you bubble? Where do you bubble with the NBA having 22 teams it's, and the WNBA having their whole season, but still with less teams? The only way teams have been able to bubble, even looking at soccer, is by not having everybody there or to be a smaller league. So if you're a large league like the NFL or with college sports across conferences, there's no easy way to do it. I know there's been mention of and the proposal of maybe college sports having just conference games where maybe they're only playing the teams in their conference and you just kind of ixnay the out-of-conference schedule altogether. But we've already seen some conferences that have shut down fall sports for the, for the year and potentially m- moving their fall sports this spring. But either way, fall sports for some conferences are not happening. For the NFL, it's going to be a question similar to what we're seeing around Major League Baseball with them trying to have teams travel and having teams in market, not bubbling. We are going to see how that plays out. It was released for the NBA. Zero positive cases yet again for the second set of bubble-wide testing in nine days. Zero. Not one, not two. Zero. And Dr. Brian Murtaugh from MedStar Health has been with the Wizards in Orlando and actually discussed the protocols that they've been following the last five weeks. Do the math. They've only been in Orlando for a few weeks. He actually speaks about what they've been doing the last five weeks. Check it out. Multiple layers of protection to, in order to transition um, players and staff to get uh, to this position safely. So, at first, it was all about getting the players from out of market back back to Washington, D.C. safely. So that included testing and a short period of quarantine. And then we transitioned the players to do individual-only workouts. So one player with one coach, and we call that a pod. So we would know if there was any kind of risk or exposure to a player, we could just shut down that pod for a period of time so we don't spread any potential risk of infection to any of the players and staff. And then we did testing every other day up to the transition to Orlando. So those were all the things that we've done in terms of preparation uh, to get people, uh, both players and staff here safely. And this is why the NBA has zero positive cases. Knock on wood, we're not jinxing anything. Five weeks, they started with getting players in market, testing them, quarantining them. Before they even got to Orlando, there was preparation to lead up to the NBA restart. It makes you wonder what steps, if any, that other leagues have been taking. We watched the WNBA do something similar. What have other leagues been doing to have this protocol in place to make sure they're testing, quarantining, and preparing their players to ease back into playing? Now, Dr. Murtaugh also spoke on the Wizards' processes and the NBA's influence, which is very insightful because we don't really know what's going on behind the scenes, but he does, and he shared it with us on what's been going on. started um, from everything from a player leaves his home, uh, wearing a mask, um, to parking the car, and coming into the facility without um, touching any door handles or any um, and having free access points. Um, disinfecting protocols in terms of um, hand sanitizer stations, um, 
we had um, disinfection of the facilities um, after every workout for each player. Um, you know, within the facility, all the staff and you know, players were wearing masks. Um, we were social distancing recommend recommendations throughout the facility at all times. The only times that a player was able to take off his mask was when he was doing an individual workout. And then we had um, a one player to one coach protocol for those individual workouts. So we didn't have uh, team, the team practicing together in order to decrease the risk for infection. So the NBA, the WNBA, all soccer leagues so far, smooth sailing in the return safely, again, knock on wood. And for the Washington Mystics head coach, Mike Tebow, he actually made a great point in an interview on Tuesday that for the Major League Baseball players to not bubble, yes, they get to be home with their families. So you get the benefit of being around your family instead of like the NBA players, staff, and coaches, which are going to be away from their families for anywhere from a few weeks to a few months. But you're risking by the potential chance that you bring COVID home to your families or from your families to the arena. I mean, it's hard to be away from your family in general. I could not imagine, honestly, not seeing them. FaceTime can only go so far, but you're not seeing them, especially if you have young kids or, or sick elderly relatives, whatever it may be that you are away from them. But, you know, it's that sacrifice of knowing you're doing it for them to safely provide them with the opportunity to athletes to play, coaches to coach, staff to be in the bubble and not have to worry about potentially bringing back or transferring germs and COVID back and forth. So I applaud the NBA on how they've returned. You know, there was a lot of uncertainty from the players, rightfully so, including their Zoom calls that they held prior to the NBA restart, discussing any safety concerns and social injustice concerns. So I applaud their transparency and and the way that they've done all this. And Dr. Murtaugh did also speak on the efforts of the league in more detail. So it's very encouraging to hear him say and enlighten us on what's been going on behind the scenes. So from the outside looking in, for those wondering how all this will be possible with so many moving parts, the NBA is meticulously and carefully and doing everything right so far. You know, we've been seeing it in the press conferences, the way that they're swapping out. Now that players and coaches have to wear face masks, that also helps. But swapping out chairs and backdrops and and the, every and moving where people are interviewing, they've been doing a lot with just limiting the amount of times people have to touch anything. So like the wristbands that the players are wearing to swipe in and out, the way the elevators are set up. So it's less less surfaces you are touching all the way through. And if you've been seeing any of the players' vlogs and behind the scenes videos, you get a good sense of just how much they're doing. Even the contactless delivery of their food and meals to their to their rooms and things like that. It's been very weird, of course, but this is our new normal to safely be able to have sports return. So we're weeks in, knock on wood, no issues so far in the NBA yet, no issues in most sports. Major League Baseball, we will continue to see how they proceed to safely allow players to return to the pitch. We know that some games have been canceled. We'll actually be talking about more around Major League Baseball here on Locked On Wizards in upcoming episodes. Just to give you a little heads up, stay tuned for that. So next time on the show, we've got to continue to prepare for Friday's game versus the Suns. We have to talk more around the team and also breaking down the Eastern Conference, the Western Conference, the league's restart as a whole, and as mentioned, getting into some other sports such as Major League Baseball in our upcoming editions of Locked on Wizards. So hit that subscribe button so you can tune in each and every day, Monday through Friday, to join us as we talk the latest around the Wizards. Give us a five-star review, especially if you enjoyed the show. And I'm your host, Renee Washington. I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. It's hump day. Have a great rest of your day. 
And you're listening to Locked On Wizards here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Washington out. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.